0: Welcome to Your Company Health Podcast, where we highlight the success stories of entrepreneurs and business professionals, with your hosts, Andre Wright, CEO and founder of The Wright Consult, and Anne-Marie Giglio, CEO and founder
1: of Core Matters. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Your Company Health Podcast, the podcast where we highlight the success stories of business owners and professionals. I'm your host, Andre Wright owner of The Right Consult, and also Anne-Marie Giglio, uh, the other host, owner of Core Matters. Today, we are excited about our guests. There have been a lot of questions about uh, surrounding schools as it relates to the current environment. And uh, today, we have an educator and owner of a private school. going to help us unpack this and, and, and help us to answer some questions. But today, uh, our special guest is Treva Martinez. Hi, Treva, and how are you?
2: Hi, I'm doing well, how about you?
1: Doing real well, and so glad to have you here today. Thank you. All right, so we we just want to dive in because we have limited time. So, Treva, I want to tell our audience about yourself and uh, and your school.
2: Sure. Um, uh, I recently opened a private Christian preschool um, October of 2019, Um, so four months prior to uh, the pandemic. So it's been, yeah, it's been pretty tough, but I have to be perfectly honest with you. Um, It's been amazing. All of my parents, except for those who had job loss, all stayed with me. Um, So it's been a phenomenal experience. I've not lost anything. Um, My background comes from a franchise background where I previously owned a franchise preschool. Um, And then when the economy crashed in 20, uh, I would say, 2010, I walked away from that. So it crashed in 2008. Mm -hmm. I held on to it for two more years. um, And then this opportunity came along. Uh, So I have a master's in business and I love little children. Anybody under four feet is my friend. Mm -hmm. Um, So I can't go anywhere without being attracted to children or children being attracted to me. Uh, So it's just a a great opportunity right now um, because many people are fearful um, and they trust, you know, that they can actually send their children to a church preschool and that they're going to be safe. So you
0: say preschool, let me ask you, what is, what age is that exactly? Do you take it? Um,
2: It's, yeah, it's six weeks to six years old. So we do have some virtual students because there were children who uh, weren't able to go to elementary school because of the pandemic or because of their health or because they uh, have family members living with them, or because they have grandparents who they see often. So we have children that are up to age six, I'm sorry, up to sixth grade, um, who are actually coming to the school as well.
0: Sixth grade, wow, Mm -hmm. that's quite a span. Yes. So um, go ahead, Andre.
1: And, and, and Triva, I, I can see the passion. I can see yes. the passion in terms of what you're doing. And yeah. and man, that, that's so good when you're passionate uh, about uh, your, your line of work. Um, I was re- reviewing your, your, your website and you, you speak a lot about uh, the Frog Street infant curriculum. T- tell our mm-hmm. audience about that.
2: Um, so the Frog Street Infant Curriculum is really designed uh, so that you are constantly engaging with babies in their language, so to speak. So whether it be touch, it be um, sound, um, the thing, their toys that they're playing with, it's those things that would inspire them. Uh, to maybe be more curious about their environment. Uh, So the Frog Street curriculum is really a a small part of the curriculum because it really only goes to up to 22 months. So after that, we do creative curriculum. And the creative curriculum simply allows them to learn through play. Um, So Frog Street is very similar to that, but the creative curriculum just simply allows them to explore and learn math skills, science skills, reading skills, so that they're advanced when when they go to school.
0: So you're really giving them that stimulation early
2: on. Absolutely. Absolutely. Which creates the brain development. Yeah, that's great. Right. And keeping the ratios low. In our infant room, it's a one to three ratio. Um, and then with the older children, uh, we don't do more than a one to five ratio. So that's very uncommon in this industry where you can have 30 kids in a room if you'd like.
0: Absolutely. So, so social distancing is a no brainer for you.
2: No brainer for me. Uh, when this all happened, I only had 10 children. So God was smiling down and said, keep this one open (laughs) and we stayed open. So it's, I've had great employees who've helped and who've been able to assist. Uh, they had someone to protect at home, if not themselves. So everyone, you know, has really been on board with helping us, you know, maintain the safety that we need to.
1: Fantastic. So, so you 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 kind of go into a direction that we want to go. How has COVID
2: nineteen impacted your school? Um, not at all. <laughs> uh, the only thing, because honestly, um, I'm a germaphobe. Um, And it was actually diagnosed with OCD uh, when I had my first child uh, because I clean all the time. Mm. So my parents were so impressed with the fact that when you walk in the door, you smell bleach that I did not lose anyone but those who lost their job. So we lost two families who lost their job, um, you know, and they just simply couldn't afford to keep their children here. Um, But the children were face masks. We started training them to do that in June. So just throughout the day, we would just increase the time span. So even the one-year-olds and the two-year-olds, of course, they don't have to because the CDC doesn't require a child that young to wear it. But we just started training them and started helping them implement wearing a face mask. And so the parents loved it. They were on board because it made it easier for them when they had to go to the grocery store or when they had to go someplace. So it's funny because it my my, uh, my three-year-old
1: uh, – you know, initially when we gave him a mask, I mean, he would just wouldn't keep it on. No. So no. What, we, what, what we did, and this, this this worked, so we got him, he loves Spider-Man. So we got him a Spider-Man mask. <laughs> yes, yes. And he always wants to put on that Spider-Man mask. Yes. So, so that's, yes, <laughs>
2: that worked. So that's worked. That has definitely worked. I've seen them come in. Um, They look like roosters. I've seen them come in. Uh, You know, they'll be a princess. I mean, parents have done creative things. We made face masks one day just so that they would be inspired to wear it. So we let them decorate it the way they wanted to wear it. And we did that as well. But they've been awesome. I mean, three-year-olds walking around wearing face masks, except for when they're sleeping and playing on the playground or when we're indoor for PE. They don't wear it when they're exerting energy.
0: And how many employees do you have?
2: Um, I have three. Uh, so we have someone an infant, we have someone with toddlers, and someone with preschool.
0: So are you in there also with the groups working? Yes,
2: here? I am. Yeah.
0: Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and what protocols are your employees following?
2: Um. So we do temperature checks upon arrival for everyone, employees uh, and students and then they are making sure that they're social distancing. Uh, The unique thing about the staffing is that I have staff that either has elderly parents, they themselves have an autoimmune disease, or they have young children. So, I mean, it was set up, it seems as though from the very beginning, people who wanted to protect themselves um, or someone in their family.
0: So how do they manage, I mean, I can't imagine a school full of little children and you're not picking them sure. up and hugging yeah.
2: them, you know, how, how do you handle that? We still do it. <laughs> <laughs> still do it. Yeah, masks. we still do it. Um, we have on face mask. I took mine off for this call for this podcast, of course, but we wear face masks. we wear gloves. Um, and we're constantly simply washing our hands, changing out our gloves, constantly disinfecting surfaces. Um, during nap time, we are taking, uh, toys, through a uh, soap and water bleach and rinsing process so that they have at least 12 hours to be washed and dry. Um, Mm -hmm. So we're doing that with anything that they handle. And then of course, we're doing things at the end of the day um, that are heavy fumes uh, when the children are not here. So I had to reduce my hours. That is one thing that affected us. Um, Instead of being 6.30 a.m. to 6.30 p.m., we're now 7 a.m. to 5 p.m. so that we have time uh, more time to disinfect at the end of the day, right?
1: And and Trifa, it's, it's it's obvious that you're 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 doing the right things. Uh, I yes. know you 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 you, uh, you touched on this a little bit earlier in terms of mm-hmm. you know what you should or should not do, but but give our our, our audience uh, uh, an uh, an idea of the the guidance in terms of childcare op- op- uh, operations. Mm-hmm. What are the guidance?
2: Uh- Um, So I pretty much followed what the CDC initially said in regards to wearing face masks helps you protect others. Mm -hmm. Um, So when that message was delivered, I really kind of stepped it up a little bit and said, hey, you know, here's what we're going to do. This is going to be a time where we have to be cautious, where we um, have to be confident and educate our parents as well. So I had to have a sit a parent meet and greet and say, hey, parents, you know, there's some social things that might be open right now, like swimming, for instance, or flag football. That's probably not a good idea um, because a lot of the younger children have older siblings. So I pretty much had a heart to heart with my parents. And again, I only had 10 kids. So we're talking about five or six parents that I had to really talk to and say, here's what I'd like to do. I want to stay open. I want to serve you but I need you to do your part. So I think in having that communication with them, that helped me do what I needed to do here at school.
0: That's wonderful because it's yeah. so rare to hear that people are willing to cooperate. There's so many right. people who aren't willing to cooperate. Are you covered by that new, uh, that new law that I've seen posted around town? Um, the, you know, If you've seen those signs, are yellow. It says, warning. Um, if you enter this premises, uh, you're doing so at your own risk You know, if you catch COVID here. Do you know if you're covered by that? I I didn't, wasn't even aware that that law had been passed. Yeah.
2: Okay. Um, I I am not certain um, that any school is. I have a, um, you know, uh, umbrella policy, of course, if something should happen. Um, but I don't know. Um, you know, we have those signs. But in regards to the parents and, you know, the children themselves with us, I don't know that that would even, I don't know that we would be covered under that. Because people, should, I mean, they're doing it at their own risk anyway. So I did have um, release documents, um, you know, mm-hmm. saying that hey, you're not traveling. You know, we're limiting ourselves in our social activities. Um, you know, some some guidelines in regards to have you had a fever? Is anyone in your household exhibiting any flu-like symptoms? So, like, what you would sign when you go to the doctor's office? Right. I had everyone do that
0: right oh good mm-hmm. yeah, yeah we talked to an attorney a few months ago and at that point we just didn't know what was going to happen <laughs> sure. it was one of our questions you know as business owners are we going to be liable mm-hmm. when we're doing everything we and basically right. the answer was you know do everything you can do what the cdc mm-hmm. says post it on the wall right and then, you know it's up to yeah. you it's doctor. up to
2: you yeah, yeah.
1: so 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 Tri- so Triva, what if you know and god forbid that you know you know, you, you have a case. We don't want that yes. to happen in your school. Yeah. But let's say you have a case of COVID.
2: So tell us uh, how you would deal with that. Um, I would probably close down um, for the appropriate amount of time in order uh, you know, to do the proper sanitizing. Anytime we have an illness in the school, whether it be strep throat, a viral cold, we send out a communication to our parents and our families immediately letting them know what someone's been diagnosed with and what symptoms to look for. So my parents will tell you, they've gotten funny emails from me quite often, you know, they said, Hey, you know, someone has strep throat. It might show up, you know, in their throat. It may show up somewhere else on their body because they're children. You just Mm -hmm. never know where it might, you know, come out on their bodies. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I would certainly take the CDC steps in regards to closing down for a particular amount of time and doing what needs to be done, uh, several companies right now are offering services if you come down with the case to come in and do um, some type of cleaning. But yeah. we have the foggers here um, that where you can spray the air as well as any type of cloth um, material. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you can clean carpet, you can clean chairs, anything that you know could be contaminated. Uh, Is that so the inside
0: that sits on the? on the is that a vericide that's going to sit on the chairs and sit on the floor to kill
2: i'm sorry say that again
0: is it a vericide that's the kind that you spray that sits on the it has to dry on the product it has to dry on the floor
2: it does but it's a handheld product that you take around and fog everything
0: yeah it seems like um as a private school you're you're she's on yeah (laughs) yeah you're in good shape you're in a great spot because you can decide what to do and I was because I was just thinking when you were saying I was sending notes to my my parents about Mm strep talk in public school I mean how that rarely happens there's like three or four things they'll send you a note for but um you know and the schools are petri dishes anyway without Mm -hmm. this element added to it so that's that's awesome I mean you're 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 responding um effectively comprehensively In probably in ways that private school uh, public schools aren't able to,
2: right? And I have a a small amount of students, so it's been easy, and I'm keeping it small on purpose. Um, So I'm, I'm, I'm
0: sorry. I'm sorry. Do you know other uh, private school owners who are? Are you guys collaborating on this?
2: Um, No, I've not uh, collaborated with anyone else. Um, But you know, I'm certain you know that there are others that are either reducing the amount of people, you know, in their school or reducing staff, you know, to reduce bringing in the, the virus.
0: It sounds like you could train them, <laughs> like yeah, of course, train of course. other schools and how it's done, because you're doing it, it sounds like <laughs> you're, you're doing, doing it, it really, really well and effectively. And,
1: and, and Triva, on the point of training, and where you brought mm-hmm. that up, I know you, 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 you speak so eloquently about, you know, your policies and protocols in the school, but how do you, uh, you know, keep, uh, your your teachers engage and how do, how do you keep, help them to adhere
2: to these policies at all the time? So I'm constantly in the rooms. I'm going throughout the building. I'm going in and out of the classrooms. I do it myself with them so that they can see how it needs to be done and what I expect of them. Um, and then I'm going behind them. So we have checklists um, prior to them coming in the room and then when they leave out of the room. Cleaning your way back out of the room, starting at the corner where the bathroom is, or where the kitchen dramatic play is, and cleaning your way back out of the room so that you're not recontaminating in the event that you might be ill. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's just a process that, with you know, some of my corporate training, some of my school training from having owned a franchise before, yeah, it's that I've franchise. just combined it all. <laughs> I was going to say, you're you're as a previous franchise
0: owner, that's perfect checklists for sure. Yes. You know, yeah. complete, um, completely written down protocols. I love it. Yes.
2: Yeah. And then checking behind them. You have to make sure things are implemented. Um, yeah. And there's just no way around that. So yes, our hours are from 7 to 5, but I probably work more like 6.30 to 7.30. <laughs> right. Is, are you guys wearing gloves? I mean, have you found that to be
0: an uh, um, something you, you would promote doing or unnecessary
2: yes yeah, you're supposed to wear gloves anyway when you're changing a diaper or wiping a nose anyway. So wearing gloves and changing them throughout the day um, and then of course throughout incidents um, is always helpful. Um, I did buy not only like what you would see at a grocery store to wash dishes. So those pink gloves yeah. that, love, that ladies love to wear to protect their nails. Right. I also bought chemical gloves so that when we're using um, a lot of the bleach um, and other sanitizers, you know, it's not damaging their skin. So I feel that when you support the employee and what it is you expect, I think it's easier for them to implement it. Everyone has to wear a mask before they enter the building. Okay. The gloves are only when you need to handle something that is going to infect someone else. That's why doctor's offices tell you to remove your gloves as soon as you come in, if you're wearing them because they don't know what you've touched prior to you coming in their office. Mm-hmm. So you wear gloves and that's what your nurse does. When they need to check their temperature, check any bodily fluids, they put on gloves. They immediately remove those gloves when they're done. Mm-hmm. So that's how we're handling it.
1: And there's a thought that, you know, uh, the, the gloves, it doesn't make a difference. Because you mm. can wear gloves that it's contaminated, right? Sure. So, sure. I mean, it's, 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 you're not gonna be more safe by wearing gloves.
2: I spend hundreds of dollars a month on it. I will roll the dice on wearing the gloves.
0: <laughs> well, I think it's more an issue. Um, remember, we were talking to a doctor about that. It's more cross-contamination and right. understanding how to take the gloves off. and Exactly. Not, you know, that if you do it properly, it's just another right. line of defense, right? Exactly. Um, exactly. The problem is True. not that people are trained, So, mm-hmm. but you are. So. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. Yes, indeed. <laughs> well, you have a history of wearing gloves. <laughs> Again, perfect. You're in a perfect yeah. situation here. So, so, so it's a
1: Yes. In terms of resources for parents, uh what what type of resources do you 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 know you give to parents uh to help them you know protect their kids or or keep them even in the, the, the face of this pandemic? You know, do you have like resources that you send out email to them and?
2: Or I, I only use the CDC. I have been going strictly by what they're saying. Um, I of course have had a pediatrician um, for the last 20 years because my oldest child is 20 years old and I just can't part from her because I love her. (laughs) Um, And I speak to her often, you know, we have a personal relationship, you know, I get her thoughts, but I'm sticking to what the CDC is saying. I'm not doing what any local government officials are dictating I'm not doing that I'm, I'm following what the CDC is is telling us to stay safe
0: and are you doing any online um training at all or programs for the kids
2: have you I'm not to, to that no no I'm not um, you know we have the virtual students here but those teachers are managing those students schedules and then I have someone that's helping keep them on track
0: so I'm sorry Clarify that for me. You have virtual students.
2: Mm-hmm. I have virtual students that attend public school. Oh, but instead of going back to public school, they come here. Oh, if they
0: opt for the virtual, the virtual that's correct. School.
2: So I don't have any families here yeah. who have public school children.
0: Okay. So, how so many- if,
2: if they if they if they sent their children back to school, they could no longer come here. Okay. So what's your capacity? Um, I think for this, <laughs> that's funny, um, 85 down one hall um, and probably right at another 90 down the other. It's a, it's a large school, yeah. um, but we've, we're only utilizing one hallway.
0: So are you at about a 30% capacity or?
2: Oh, no, we still only have the same 10 children that we started with when we okay. opened. So you have room for a couple more and still following the guidelines. How many can you add? Um, I could probably add five more in each room um, because we are right at three for each room that we're in now. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah.
0: So you could have 15 more students.
2: Yes. Okay. With the staff that I have now. I mean, if I was interested in hiring more, I could.
0: Right. Mm Right. Right.
1: But look on the broad picture of, of, of uh, education in this country and, and uh, mm-hmm.
2: uh,
1: in terms of private schools and, and what's happening with, with uh, COVID-19. Obviously, you're doing the right thing. So sure. talk to us about some of the, 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 uh, the wider issues you're seeing, and, uh, and how do you see private schools moving forward in the face of this pandemic?
2: Yeah, that, that's an interesting question. And honestly, I'm not sure. Um I withdrew my youngest out of private school mm. uh to do virtual school through our local public school um which she has never done before. Mm-hmm. It was a very hard decision because I had been at that private school 13 years my oldest had gone there as well. Mm-hmm. Um I'm not sure um exactly how to advise anyone on what to do. I made those m- my decisions based on my family. Um, I have elderly parents that we're with at least every other weekend, um, if not more. So that wasn't an option for me to expose them. Um, I have one in college. He's virtual. So it's tough. And it's hard for them. It's hard for your family sometimes to understand the decisions that you've made. Um, So I, I would tell people, do what's best for you if you're comfortable, you know, sending your child to school and you don't have any health concerns of your own or for someone else in your family, it's probably okay. But for others, it's not. Um, So I think you have to diagnose your own personal situation and decide how you want to proceed forward. But how they're going to function, you know, nine months from now, I, I, I'm not God. I I can't tell you, but I pray for him every day. (laughs) I I
0: think that we're going to be in this situation for a long time. I mean, the virus has only made it through mm, less than 5% of the U S population. So it's got some work to do. It's not going to leave anytime soon. And so this is going to be like our normal for a long time. Um, So those are questions that people have to ask themselves long-term right and I agree. It's an individual thing. I think what's 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 wonderful is that you show us that it's possible for the kids to go to class and yeah. be safe. In you know, if, if you're taking really good care of the situation, and you're in control, which you are. It sounds like you're mm-hmm. very much in control yes. of it. All schools could do this to some degree.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, it is a question. That's that's the question for everybody. And of course, there are no answers. That's. That's right. the big stress right now. We don't know. No. We don't know. But Clearly, you have found a way, a path through the yes. the chaos that we're in.
1: No, so. def- definitely, and and I, I like I like your answer, Triva, because each family's in their own unique position. Because right. you have you have parents out there; they have to you know go out and work. They have no right. way to lead their kids right so sending them to school would solve that problem so mm-hmm. and and then the health concern so it's it's a it's really an individual decision uh situation
0: it's yeah. kind of an interesting situation too though because i think this is going to make i hope this is going to have the impact on education in general to sort of quest, make us question a lot of what we're doing with our kids hmm. um, in the systems you know um, mm-hmm. like this whole idea of social distancing has forced smaller classrooms, smaller class sizes, and that's music to my ears. I mean, my kids are grown. More attention, the kids will, more, will get more yes. attention. You can't teach. There are studies, there are pedagogical studies that show you cannot teach to more than twelve people at a time, no matter how. That's old right. You that's just right. Not possible after that, it's crowd control, you know. Mm-hmm. So, the fact that you can only have so many kids in the classroom is wonderful. Yes, and that, oh my gosh, you might have to hire more teachers, you know. All yes. of that stuff is really, really good, I yeah. think. Long term, yeah. big picture, I agree. It's I just, agree. We got to get people there. Mm-hmm. So, again, I love that you're showing it's like you can you're showing people that it's possible to do this, you yes. know, it's really possible. So, I really applaud you for that. I think that's great. Thank you. Thank yep. you.
1: Yep. And Treva, I can't believe we're we're basically out of time. Yeah. Uh, thank wow. you so much yeah. so much for stopping by. And uh and before you go, I want you to tell tell our, our, our audience, how can we reach you?
2: Right. Um, a Zion Christian Academy uh, ga.com is our website. And um our, of course our phone number is there. Uh we are on Instagram, Zca-Roswell. Uh that sounds right. I'm gonna go with that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we're on Facebook, uh, which is Zion Christian Academy dash Roswell as well. Um, I have my assistant do all of our social media. So forgive me. <laughs> it is not my forte. I want to be with the children. So I care nothing about Facebook or Instagram. Bring me your children. I'm all about educating them and loving them and nurturing them into the love of Jesus Christ. So uh, we have a great time here every day, and if it wasn't for my parents, we wouldn't still be here. Um, so certainly, feel free to give us a call. We're at seven seven zero nine nine eight zero nine six one, and feel free to stop by any time. That's great.
1: Thank you again, uh, and for shining such a bright light. You know, it's just good to, as anne Marie said, it's it's really good to hear you uh, speaking so positively about what's happening now and, mm-hmm. and how you're control controlling your environment. Yeah, and I, uh, that that you know uh, says a lot but going forward and, and how we can deal with this, this. Uh, Absolutely. This virus.
2: Absolutely. Right? Thank you so much for having me. Thank yeah. you. And uh, have thank, a nice you. Day. thank you. All right.
0: You too. Be, be safe out there. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode. Please visit our website at your Also, you can listen to us on your favorite podcast platforms. Follow us on social media at your company, health. And lastly, subscribe to our YouTube channel for new episodes and highlights. Until next time, stay safe.